All right, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. Podcast. I'm gonna say it one more time. Podcast. You know, bringing you the latest and greatest in that hip hop, cannabis news from Denver, all over the motherfucking world, L.A., New York, Miami, you name it, Houston. We everywhere. Real quick shout out to Be Good Dispensaries, their official sponsor. You know what I'm saying? Go check them out. They got the best of your marijuana needs. And we're going to keep it pushing, man. We got another banger for you. We got another cat who got some motherfucking gang of history of here in Denver. <laughs> you know, hip hop, like not only graffiti, b boying, rapping, the whole nine. But we got motherfucking, I don't even know where to start, man. We got the one and only Cosmo GWT in the building. What's going on, brother? Yes, sir. How's it going? Doing well. Pleasure to be here. Hell yeah, man. I'm hyped, man. man. You hype? You ready? Yeah, I'm hyped, man. I'm glad to be here, man. He's like, damn, bro. Like, man, I saw the podcast at last week and uh, uh, I was just blown away I was like this is how they do it it's just kind of cool this is how it's done you know it was TCA crew like a, 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 a dope active graffiti crew and it was just dope to hear man it was like oh it was fresh because um you know I started really with graffiti art and um so um, I have um, crew members that still paint and stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. really. So like to hear not too like much lately, no, not as much as I'd like to. But I'm starting again. Got me a little crate going, stuff like you that. You do a little bit of everything, man. You used to be talking about you do graffiti, b boy, GWT, yep. rapping with Dan Africa Sam, yep. and yeah, fucking all kinds of other hoopla, right? Yeah, yeah. So like in the early '90s, it was kind of like in the '90s, it was weird. It was like everyone kind of did a little of everything. You know, it wasn't like nowadays. Oh, bro, you caught your niche. Yeah, you know, like I try break dancing, but I'm too motherfucking fat, bro. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It wasn't happening. Well, it's crazy because we stuck with b-boying because we got tired of painting. So GWT is actually um, a, a, a combination of um, OAK, C, uh, CWD, and uh, ABC, like three Northside crews from oh, yeah. Denver, like from North Denver, and all of the break dancers. Uh, stuck with dancing and that's when gwt got reformed again in like 98 99 but well, let's go way 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 back man you were yeah. born and raised in the north north right yeah right yeah chubbies yeah 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 Is well, that I, shit I, in your blood or yeah what? of course all day yeah I, I grew up on like 72nd and pecos and like 45th and vallejo and like i lived on 38th and mead so just kind of just the whole neighborhood over there wow. but um i remember in the early 90s um, my older sister's I'm 44 My older sister's 50 And she used to listen To like um, The New Jack era Right You know Like, like the New Jack swing The yeah, Teddy Riley Heavy yeah, D Teddy shit Teddy Riley or Heavy, heavy D Rex um, and effects Alan uh, uh, I'll be sure You know yeah, Is sure. it good to Little me Little Mary J in there Yeah oh, all day Yeah And then I remember um, Hey cool factoid um, um, Pharrell's first verse That he sold was to uh, Rex and Effects for Teddy. Ready with the one, two, check out. Rex shit. and Effects. Yeah, it's a, I like the way you comb your hair. Uh, uh. I like the style clothes you wear. Uh. Uh. I like, yeah. So that was Pharrell's verse for first verse that he sold which was cool because it says uh um he came up under a genius bro teddy riley you don't get no better than that yeah and so we used to have hip-hop dance crews in middle school and it was like four-man crew even though i was like middle school yeah even though i was like the eighth member (laughs) it was four-man crew we had um, he was the eighth member of both crews yeah we had a two legit we had um hollywood which had like 90s but we had like airbrush t-shirts and stuff and we all had like that was the shit. Yeah, and so we were all doing the Running Man and like the Cabbage Patch, and you know, like uh, we were doing all that. And then 
That's how I started dancing. Um, when I was a, in elementary, my older brother used to draw like these little battle scenes with like tanks and stick figures and like them shooting rockets and like kind of like some Napoleon Dynamite shit. You remember when he's yeah. doing, doing the eagle or some shit? And it's all crazy. And it was, and that was like through the eighties when I was growing up because I was born in seventy nine. My older brother's three years older than me, and uh, and so I started drawing because he would draw those little scenes mm-hmm. and so that's how i started drawing is because my older brother and my older brother is like a more clean cut mature me right he's always been my idol my whole life that's dope bro great great dude great dude and he was always there to be my older brother and not my best friend right how many brothers and sisters did you have i have an older brother he's three years older than me i have an older sister who's six years older than me and i have an older she was, i was like your sister's running shit huh she was beating your ass, regulating, telling you what to do. She was. She was. She's the best. And I have a half-sister who's nine years older than me that I didn't meet until I was in sixth grade. Uh, but 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 it, but I'm lucky because I have a family. You know? Like, yeah. we're not just related. Like, I have a father. I don't have a dad. I have a mother. I don't have a mom. You know, I, I have, like, you know, we... Hell yeah. Were they strict when you were growing up? No. Um, strict. Or were, they, were they busy working? Because my parents worked all the time, bro. So they were like, they were strict, but they weren't strict. But we didn't really fuck up. But we could do what we wanted. You know yeah, because I mean? I'm a latchkey kid. So yeah, my exactly older sister, my older sister, and my older brother had the house keys, and I was just out on a bicycle, and I would come home when it got dark, and I would get a sandwich and a flashlight and a backpack. And go back out on my BMX bike, and that's just how it was in the eighties. Oh, yeah. You know, like in eighty six, I was seven. You know, so it was just like the you know I I would uh, mow lawns and uh, shovel snow to get money exactly, to go play go bro. play Street Fighter and Mario at the arcade. You know, like it was a simple life back exactly. then. Like it was, and then like the nineties came. That's when we started dancing. Well, real quick, you said you got into graffiti first, right? I did. Were you emulating battle scenes like your brother? Were you doing like maybe some characters, or were you trying to do some letters? I was, it was mostly tagging, to be honest. But what my, were you tagging? What was your first graffiti name? <laughs> Method. Method. Yeah, and um, uh, my older brother used to roll with uh, um, the older guys in INS, even and Whisk. Gilbert and them, the older guys that painted mostly. It was Scream, Ark, and um, all of them. They were mostly the taggers. Um, and uh, so um, my older brother was already into hip-hop. And, he, you know, next thing you know, cassettes come around and Dr. Dre the Chronic starts dropping. And Was um, that some of the first things you were listening to? Um, I actually bought NWA uh, Boys in the Hood. Ruthless Records was my first How'd record. How'd you get that shit? I went to... Um, not contents, but uh, 13th and Washington uh, wax tracks. Okay. And then, um, and then I bought. They sold it to your ass. I know you were under 18. Yeah. And then, then I bought um, Beach Street soundtrack, and it had a fold out on how to. Pop. I, yeah, I remember that. That's dope. What did you think of Beach Street the movie when you seen it? It blew my mind. It blew my mind. I was like, all right, this is what it's about, you know. And I didn't know about it until. Uh, so we were hip hop dancing, and then all of a sudden it was uh, September of like '93, and Scream was like, um, he goes, "There's this, there's this hip hop show off Ninth and Lincoln," and I go, "What?" He goes, "Yeah," and that's when Total Devastation, yo, what up, yo, 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 peace, love, tacos, baby. <laughs> uh-huh. And so we went there, and this is uh, I was going to the skating rings 
up north and meeting all them and we would pop we were all doing the wave and like we were all popping locking like trying to pop and lock i don't right. know if we we're doing it right whatever and then um i heard the other day that those are actually two different things completely different popping and locking are completely are two different. different things i never knew that yeah popping came from the bay and locking came from la yeah so like um <clears throat> which is crazy like people don't yeah, because popping is more like there's like thirty styles of popping. There's waves. There's hits. There's there there's there's ticks. There's okay, the uh, ticks. strobes. There's yeah. There's and then the locking has to do with like yeah, kind of like lock. the rerun. You remember yeah. uh, yep. what's happening? Exactly. That's more lo- that's exactly yeah. Don Campbell lock like came out. Oh, hold on, I think I got it mixed <clears throat> up. Which one is the rerun? rerun. Which right. one is rerun? Is that popping? That's locking. Lock- that's locking. Lock- that's the locking. And the yeah. popping is the more ticking. Like and the- Mr. Wave from B <laughs> yeah. Street. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So we went to this, and that's when like Total Devastation came out with that song. I want to get blunted, my brother. I want to get blunted, my brother. Total Devastation came out with like Uh a weed song, early 90s. Back in the day. Yeah, and we went to uh, this hip hop jam. And there was, uh, it was dance hall style, like cool work. I'd never seen it before because I was like, when you say dance hall reggae, right? Well, dance hall like style, I Mm. mean, because it was a DJ, big ass concert style speakers mm-hmm. and i was 14 i'd never done that yet do you ever remember a cat um what the fuck was his name his name was um i want to say dj uplifter um i think that was a, he was like a white jamaican cat but he would he would play like 90s hip-hop with reggae food and he would make it sound sick oh i would always buy his mixtapes because i knew like his shit like he would rock that shit and that's back in the day of mixtapes yeah i miss that for real huh and we got good at breaking because we would go to the rave parties every weekend on saturdays and this is 93 94 when you had to go to a map points now, i remember that but me and you like you're like probably what you're i'm gonna say i'm not Mid-40s. gonna say years younger you're but you're good you know you're a couple years younger than me so yeah. i honestly I'm you remember with, you with the rave calling the fucking number getting the map <laughs> going to the fucking rave yeah you know shoveling fucking snow and fucking mowing lawns to get extra money i'm there with you all the way but yeah go ahead, my bad yeah no 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 cut on in i love it i love it we're building bro this yeah, is like sure. you know these are the, the, the building blocks this is legoland like we're just gonna build uh so you're talking about the rays yeah and we would go and dance every weekend and um that's when um scream and then started showing me popping and then but at that hip-hop jam we saw mars and fiends and quick step mm-hmm. were you in gwt at this point or no, no. okay this, this is, is still the, pre this is pre-g-dub this okay. is like right when they started gwt i was like just like a tag along right literally and what kind of made you kind of get into b-boying scream was like this is the shit and he goes and he goes you hip-hop dance he goes sick he goes try this stuff like, cause I was already drawn, I was already dancing. Right. So Scream like groomed me, and showed me the hip hop, re- uh, world. Right. Basically the culture. He showed me the whole culture. Like he was like, it's about DJing, it's about b-boying, it's about MCing, it's about mm-hmm. artwork, it's about community. He goes, shit, it's even about skating. And this yeah. is like '93. There are a couple elements they don't mention in hip hop. Beatboxing. Beatboxing and skating definitely need to be up in that bitch bro i used to live with uh d and drop okay from tetra yeah, they're, the, they're the homies bro fucking chris haven like that's i was gonna ask that's the that's the crew i used to live with drop shout out to nice because um i was gonna I was, i've been thinking about asking like who makes better beats you or dropper 
Ooh, that's tough. You bro. know, don't you dare do that. You know, I got I got like a little drop of story, man. Like right when I kind of got into music, I was kicking it with Mr. Verbal. I don't know if you know Mr. Yeah, Verbal. Yeah, of course. And he played this beat for me, bro, on this beat CD that Dropper gave him, and like, disgusting, I was like, bro. I was like, bro, this this beat is sick. And I was doing some shit with Dent. And I was like, Dent would fucking sound perfect on this. Oh, dope. And I kind of jacked Mr. Verbal. I didn't jack him, but I kind of jacked him for the beat. Kind of <laughs> like, you know. He gave it to me willingly. And I had to call Droppa, too. And I had to be like, oh, Droppa. Like, I heard this beat, bro, and I need it, bro. And he blessed me with it, man. And bro. Dent made like a fucking dope ass. You can hear Dent on this shit all day, bro. I know which song you're talking about. You know? Yeah. I, I did a couple times drop would throw on some beats he made i'd be like waking up i'd be like what are you doing bro nine morning oh i just got tired of drawing making music been drawing for three hours now it's time to make some music yeah and um i was like all right let's do this and i'd listen to some shit and uh sometimes it would his his beats (laughs) i'm gonna say this and you're gonna laugh uh, you're gonna love it, and you're gonna know exactly why. But his beats would make me, make me make that face where you don't know if I was listening to a sick ass Nas song in verse mm-hmm. or smelling a stinky fart. That's like hilarious. that, you know that face where you go and you just <laughs> almost you, like that bitter beer face. Yeah, pretty exactly, you know, exactly almost like that. But so little, so you don't know if it's like a sick ass Nas verse or if it's a smelly fart. Yeah. But that's what his shit would do to me. I'd go. And like my hair would stick up on my arms and I'd just be like just disgusting now shout out to those cats man cause I, I liked what they were doing back in the day like they had the hip hop crew yeah Tetra cats like Dropper Nice like you said Haven yeah. making beats yeah. rapping painting even you know drop I mean? b-boy a little yeah. so yeah. and then you got crews like Life Crew yeah, well, that's where same, Tetra, you, you know, know I mean? same shit. Decca and all them. And no, talk about it. Like, I don't know, like, if there's some cord- if there's some connection between well, that, you know Jolt what I mean? and all the, it was Jolt and, like, um, so W.A.K. back in the day is who, <laughs> so when, so in the early 90s when, okay, so Dent and I went to Random High School, and that's when Scream started showing me, because he caught me in the lunchroom drawing this bunny rabbit with a bong. Nice. And he was like, oh, you sketch, so do I. And he had this Scream piece with this guy doing a head spin on it. And it was like colors, and there was 3D, and I was like, what the, you know, what the fuck? Some sick ass shit. Yeah, and he was like, I'm learning how to write graffiti. You should do it with me. This is sick, bro. He's like, you're pretty cool. You know, this and that. And like, um, he showed me these pieces he had in this piece book, and it was from a crew from Cali called WEC, Whatever's Clever. And sick, mad stilo, mad style. They, um, like, wild style with, like, um, arrows and stuff tucking in and out, like, hella 80s but West Coast-influenced wild style. Right. I don't know how else to explain it, but it was impressive, even for 93, September. So, he started me and my friend Mitch showing us how to graph. And my friend Mitch, uh, he grew this little picture because we were starting our own crew. And they were INS, Insane New School. I never stopped. So, we started CIA, Crazy Insane Artists. And we were like, that's too close to them. Like, yeah, they showed us how to do this. We want to be our own crew. But 
a little too close. Right. So his little sister drew this little, uh, he drew this tree stump of a baby oak tree. And he put OAK. And his little baby sister goes, oh, one of a kind. <laughs> and that's OAK. There you have it. One of a kind. Right. That was our first name on a quest. Only a king. one arm crooks. Um, others aren't considered like, you know, uh, and then and then so that's how we became OAK. And then um, when I became OAK, um, that was 93, 94 September. That 4th of July, that following year, uh, my buddy Tyson had a big old party off like 76th and Sheridan, you know, that neighborhood. Legendary party? Dude, pretty, I'm talking legendary. I'm talking uh, before what is it? Uh, party X, Project or X, Project X. Yeah. yeah, no, it was that on a smaller scale, but with more fireworks. <laughs> right. So uh, Dent and I woke up that next day for some reason. Him and I woke up first, and he was like, "Yo, I love how you graph. I love how you just crawl around on on freeways and just get up and climb on signs." He goes, "I want that," and I was like, "Well, I love how you rhyme, Dent." I go. So, funny story. He's probably going to hate me for this, but love me forever. But when we were um, in middle school, actually, we were rival basketball teams. And he stuffed me one time and knocked me <laughs> on the ground. I hated him for years. But in ninth grade, that was like sixth and sixth, seventh grade. Right. So, um, um, he used to have this rhyme. He's about chicken nuggets. He had this obsession with chicken in the ni- early 90s. Dent. Chicken, chicken in general or chicken nuggets? Shit, dude, he had this. He just chicken. It was his shit, bro. Like, it was his bee's knees. It was his fucking jam, That's bro. So he would go, chicken nugget. Always got to have it because I love it. Rotisserie, maybe KFC. You can, Yeah, dude, he has this all chicken nugget. You can buy it or put it in the oven. Oh, dude, he has this chicken flow, bro. And it's from the night. Oh, he'll be like, Cosmo, you mother. Yeah, dude. And so... I was always like, that's tight, because I was listening to Mac Dre, California Living, you know, riding, siding, flipping, dipping, 24-7, uh-huh. nigga ain't tripping. Mac Dre, the nigga you, you listen to, nationwide, the shit don't, you know, yep. put Mac, on the Mac man, you know, too hard for the fucking radio team, you know, uh-huh. Mac Dre, early 90s, cassette tape, like, cassette tape shit. They don't know about that. I, yeah, I live it. I was breastfed it, yeah. right here, and, and so... I was I used to have um pages of rhymes and then Dent I asked him to show me how to rhyme and he goes show me how to paint and him and I became uh, like joined at the hip. Right. He was the best lookout I ever had my whole bombing career. I used to call him Eagle Eye Eagle Eye Adam. His name's Adam. Right. He was the best lookout. Sometimes he goes, just hit me up and I'll just be the lookout. Mm-hmm. I was all fucking cool. Right. <laughs> hey, tell me how you kind of kind of started showing you how to rhyme. Because you said it was pretty. He showed you somebody. He he was like, I like what you're doing with your little rhymes. You know, riding bikes, knife fights, everyone, uh, wild nights. You know, I used to do that. I used to just ride kites. He was like, you're doing it right. And he showed me this little uh, clip of Too Short putting words in a hat. That, that used to rhyme bike psych mike hike uh-huh. and he would just pull out words that rhymed and fit in the little rhyme to it too short betty i'm so hard walk all over the boulevard yeah. and like he goes it's as simple as that cause he goes you got rhythm you dance 
He goes, just rhythm your words. And the ba- bounce the words. And that's what Dan showed me. And he goes, I'm learning from African Sam. And um, you said they had a crew, right? Yeah. Well, um, so they're, they were Rhyme Squadron. And then I started uh, hanging out with African Sam. And I just started entering all the battles. Mm-hmm. And Dan- Was he a battler? Oh, sick, bro. They, both of them. Yeah, yeah, I know Dent was for sure, but I, I don't know too much about Africa Sam. Man. Yeah, you have to tell us. Yeah, so he it, he got his name because um, he went to high school in West Africa in uh, in Nigeria, so he's part of the Hausa tribe and speaks uh, that night uh, one of the Nigerian dead like yeah yeah which which is pretty awesome, and um, so Sam, so they were like hey you should be rhyme squadron with us like you're you know you're making music. Da-da-da-da-da. How long did this take? You know what I mean? Probably like a year. Because they saw I was hungry. And they saw me at all the house parties and stuff. So going back to like theme and, you know, uh, Maine. And uh, who was it? Um, They had another guy that would made. Because, you know, Psych wrote with them. Um, So I would go to all the house parties in like North Denver. And their WAK crew. And um, this is like when... Chones still had to carry crates of records into parties to play. You know, this is like early, it, early shit. Yeah, this is before Chones was on the radio. This is like one thing about me and Chones, he went to see NWA at McNichols Arena. So did I. Were you there by chance? No. All right. I was gonna say I did see. That's a long time ago. Janet Jackson, Black Cat tour. <laughs> I did see that. Was that at, um, at McNichols? No. McNichols? The original McNichols. Uh, Two days later, my ears were like, Wee! black cat, mama. Yeah, so I was for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't see the end of your My parents were like, <laughs> My parents didn't know. They didn't know. I had to go through like four metal detectors. Yeah. But go back to, okay, so this is back in the day when Chones is still carrying his own records, yeah. house parties. Yeah, because like um, this is back when like, um, I don't know if you got, you know, Brett and DK, but they used to make music. When I was like 15, 16 with Dent just starting out. But they used to throw a hip-hop night with Chones at Herman's Hideaway. It was, uh, they had 50-cent beers, little little beers. But we used to all go there and rhyme and stuff. So that's where everyone got kind of, you know. Kind of their little practice session. Yeah, and then um, I would see Theme, Maine, uh, what's his name? Not Silos, uh, at all the house parties. And, uh. I just was fucking destroying shit. And they were pissed. They wanted to fight. But I was like, I'm rolling with the whole north side. Like, you're rolling with a third of the north side. (laughs) There's a difference. Chill the fuck out, homies. Like, this is hip hop. Like, and they hated me. They fucking hated me for the longest time. And that's when African Sam and and Dent were like, okay, you got to be Rhyme Squadron, bro. This and that. And so... They taught me how to like get into a studio and how to write rhymes, but they they, they taught me how to structure my shit and like. You were uh, just spitting bars. Yeah, and like they taught me how to be um, have a a delivery mm-hmm. in a way. They did they it, so um, they really helped me grow, and then um, they were like, dude, just let Cosmo go first. If you could get past Cosmo, get to Dent. All right. If you could get past Dent, get to Sam. Nobody got to Dent. Right. I didn't let that happen. Not on not my watch, bro. What was it like being in a crew with them or being in a group? It was dope because it was real creative, you know? It was something I'd never been a part of because I was in my teens. 
And those guys were, uh, you know, Sam already had like, you know, he made music with Swollen members already. Mm-hmm. He had been overseas with OI Records, you know, in Scotland. Like, so they were seasoned. Yeah, you know, like he already had experience with Roots Maneuver, you know, from London or whatever, the UK. I don't exactly know where he's from, but remember Roots Maneuver? Mm, um, actually, I, I... Yeah, I mean, like, like... Lit- Did you guys put out any music, any projects, or...? No, I was mostly like a battle style because I was in the... So you guys are mostly going places battling. Yeah, they were more of the music style, mm-hmm. but I was more of the battle hungry because I was more of the uh, the bomber, the break dancer, like the, the adrenaline junkie. Like right. I was the... I was the the little pit bull that gotcha. they had in front and they were like the, they were like the OGs with the stats in the back like get them li- get them little little baby AI little yeah. Alan Iverson out there like why'd he, they call you little baby AI cause they're like you're like Alan Iverson you're crazy cocky son of a bitch you know just running around creating stats and I was like nobody gets you know um I just I'm short and ugly <laughs> everyone else is tall and pretty so I had to like come and say but um it, they really um i even went it went out to man i mean sammy even took me out to new york in like 98 showed me the twin towers before talk about, we, talk about all that man what was that what was, what was that like going to nyc with them uh we got was out kind of taking you like the hip-hop spots like showing you the yeah shit? yeah because quick step was out there talk and about it, him man. and him and the quick step are good friends and stuff so like i get out there it's 98 i got my suitcase I get out of my taxi cab. The block's going crazy. He's like, let's go uh, where we're staying. Da, 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 da. So-and-so just got shot in his neck. And I was like, yeah, I see that. I was like, <laughs> it was going down like that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like 19. I was like, what the fuck, Sam? Like, what we're in happened? Bushwick, Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, little uh, little Domenico. Uh-huh. And then, like, we get down the block and we're cool. This and that. And then, like, this is back with, like, all the old Lexuses and Acura TLs yeah. like and uh all these fools pop out with Averex jumpsuits that darker than Wesley Snipes dreadlocks and I'm just like all right well are, like are we in Jamaica because I don't know I'm yeah. not cultured you know I'm 19 I'm from Denver from, just yeah. a Northsider like and then um they're like que carros amigo como estas and then I'm like oh fuck and Sorry, I look up Spanish. and it's Dominican flags everywhere I'm like these fools are Dominican they're Spanish niggas you know like oh I'm all too you know I'm like fuck yeah. so um crazy thing is uh we were out there and um with um fuck what's his name but we were out there and so um the graffiti heads out there were kind of pissed because the neighborhood asked African Sam to create paint a memorial uh, mural uh-huh. because he was a better painter than anyone else in the neighborhood. And so it said, En memoria de Christian, because Christian got shot. Uh-huh. Um, it was a 17-year-old Dominican kid got shot by this 14-year-old Puerto Rican. Damn. Well, the Puerto Ricans this is back then. lived right across the street. So right across the street, this is Bushwick before Bushwick got gentrificated. This is Bushwick when Blackstar was living out there. This is mm-hmm. this is uh so um there was Puerto Rican flags across the street, Dominican flags on our street, and uh a lot of those and so he had African Sam had me help do all his fill ins mm-hmm. while he did all the fine lining. And uh all the graffiti writers out there were pissed, dude, and we knew it. Was there any, like, the beef, heat. or, like, were they talking no, shit, any threats? No, because when it came down to it, the, 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 the old heads, the families, the old heads came out, and they were like, no, we asked these guys to do it. 
And then those same guys had them and their women. They were bringing us like plates of chicken and rice. And like, they were like, you did get asked to do this. Like, we shouldn't be sweating the shit out of you. You're painting a mural, memorializing our brother who got shot in his neck while you showed up in a taxi with your little suitcase and your beanie. Fuck you guys. That's kind of wild, you know, first experience yeah, in New York, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sam took me around and um, showed me the ins and outs in New York. Where'd you guys go? So, one of the coolest experiences I had with African Sam out there is since he went to high school in West Africa in Nigeria, part of the Hausa tribe, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Fela or Fema Kuti. No. Famous African artists. I mean, like, they're like the Bob Marley's, you know, Fela, the. The, the father, yeah. Feta, like it's like Bob and like Ziggy. It's they're the African equivalent. Exactly. But um, the whole fam. Yeah. So he was like, "We're gonna go to this uh, Nigerian restaurant um, on the other side of Brooklyn," and I was all sick. And he goes, "Okay, let me lay down some guidelines." He goes, "We're going in front of the Marcy Projects," and I go, "Oh, where Jay Z's from?" I go, "Sick." And he goes, "Chill the fuck out, bro. Calm down." Bro. He goes, "I'm gonna." tell you something right now and you better fucking listen he goes he goes you remember how when you first showed up i told you to walk twice as as fast as you usually do to fit in i go yeah he goes we have to walk faster across the marcy projects he goes don't look at anybody don't talk to anybody he goes and walk faster than you've ever walked and just walk right behind me and i was like oh okay and holy shit we pop out of the subway and um, fools are doing pull-ups on the streetlights right there. Right Just, oh, All yoked? Oh, God, dude. I'm talking like, hey, bro, can I borrow those arms? You know how to get them back. Holy shit. What the fuck is going on here? And it's a mile long. Um, but how we explained it was exactly how it was. You look down. You walk faster. You don't talk to nobody. And it was, I, it was, it was, I'd never been, I've never seen anything like that what in my it? life. Describe it. Grimy, gully, gutter, intriguing. A lot of people on the streets. Tons. Sweating with anxiety. Right. And you could just feel tension. like, you could just feel the and, tension in and, the air. And then you could see the undercover cops and you could, you could just tell it's just. Not a good spot to be in. It's just the movies don't do it justice. Maybe, maybe paid in full. But, um, and I just kept my head down and we went to this restaurant, a little hole in the wall, you know, probably 12 tables They had Fela and Femi Kuti playing, actually not Fetty yet, just Fela, mm-hmm. the dad. And we got these beers and they were like this fucking big. It's so cool. And we had this, uh, this lamb like stew or a roux and they put it in the middle of this like yam you know, like a like like more of a texture, a tougher than mashed potatoes, more yam, more uh-huh. more um um. It's like tougher in texture. Yeah, and so what you would do is you would take a pinch of the yams and you would put your thumb in it and make a spoon and spoon that soup or that roux with the lamb uh-huh. in it and eat it and it was oh so good like I, could, I literally can taste it right now. I wish. Oh God! And uh, and Fela Kuti was playing 
on the this little it was a box TV obviously because mm-hmm. it was ninety eight, so it was on like that you know a stand in the corner of the restaurant yeah. and it was like you know a cube, like that's hilarious. <laughs> and then um, the food uh, the food and there was an African beer too from West Africa, from Nigeria. So it, it, that right there was like he shared a culture a period of his past with me that he hasn't taken anyone else ever to do. And uh, that was cool. That was one of the coolest things. And then we went bombing in the subways. And we took pictures, and um, it was uh, with disposable cameras. Remember that back in the day? Um, No, this was before disposable. This was... um, Fucking Polaroid? No, I didn't have that money (laughs) for a Polaroid. But, um, yeah, and he took me around, and he goes, hey, we're going to go to New Jersey and see my boy Quickstep. And I was like, oh, shit. We take the bus over to Jersey, cross the bridge, get off the bridge. Cops throw us against this wall, rough us up a little, search us. They're like, Colorado, what the fuck are you doing out here? <laughs> and we're like, uh, breakdancing and, seeing, you know, this and that. And they're like. All right. They really just swooped you up and threw you against the wall for no reason. Well, if you looked a little different and sus, like to them, we looked suspect. You weren't walking fast enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You they, were looking up and talking to somebody. They said that um, everyone used to take the buses across the bridges and just transport dope. And so they were like, "You guys just looked like you weren't around here." That's crazy. Yeah. And then uh, it was cool though, man. Like uh, it was Bushwick, Brooklyn. Like when it was at its, when it had the highest murder, teenage murder capita in the nation at the time. Oh damn! Yeah. And then, uh, did you go down the boogie down? No, we didn't make it to the Bronx. We we quick stepped it. We hot stepped it past Spanish Harlem. We were like, fuck this. <laughs> oh yeah. Those are salsa dancing guns and shit. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but but it was cool. He took me on the ferry to Staten Island, and you get to see the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. and it's a free ferry. So you know he you know took me around Stat real quick, right there. Nothing too major, but like I was out there for a week with him. It was dope. That's dope. Like African Sam really took me under his wing and like actually gave a shit about me. Like, it was cool, you know, and like Dent, yeah. and Dent, too. I mean, obviously, Dent was his protege and, like, his little, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you guys started doing, like, a bunch of battles. What was that like, man? It was fun because we had a rep, and the only times we didn't do well was where we'd go to rap battles in Aurora, mm-hmm. and it was a different style. It was rap. It wasn't hip-hop right. battles. And so, we weren't prepared for that. So, we did poor out there but if if you're in boulder you're killing that shit smash city you know olympians downtown on 19th and sherman mm-hmm. i don't care where we were uh, alameda and tihon in that underground spot like house parties like i was just like give me the mic let me recite timothy white pick it outside you know i was, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I was ready because i was hungry do you remember like your best battle i battled dent and beat him Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Do you remember what you used? It was rough, bro. I called him. I go, Dent? More like impedent. <laughs> I was like, badass breath. What I meant was meant to dent. <laughs> it's like. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. It was fucked up, bro. 
It was fucked up. He didn't know what to do because he was like, I didn't. Caught him off guard. Yeah. And I go, well, you're way better than me. I had to. <laughs> I had to come correct, right? I was all, massa, sorry, grasshopper, hungry. <laughs> you're funny, dog. Yeah, dude. It was fucked up. And yeah, in front of everyone. All the fucking Where was homes. this at? Where was that Was it in Boulder? Or no, was it here? remember it was at the Tivoli. Remember they used to have stuff at the Tivoli? Yeah. Yeah. Or was it at... I'll have to ask him. We what, what, we bring it up when we run into each other. He's always like, hey, remember? Where was like some of your best competition coming from? Um... Or there was no competition. Demon Adrian and them from WAK. That those guys that hated me, they're good. Mm -hmm. Cause that's drop and you know they rolled with drop and hate like Haven and them. They're Tetra, but Tetra and WAK have a lot of crossover because Tetra and WAK is a that's where Life Crew came about yeah we we, we kind of were talking about that but we got off so kind of explain that whole thing right there so back then um in the early 90s there was a place called the inferno off of 20th and before coors field right, right. To when the, you're going over park avenue yeah or no right off 20th when you go east from uh um i-25 now they're like luxury lofts this and that but it was an abandoned building called the inferno and uh that's when i used to paint method before cosmo and Joel used to write Earth <laughs> back in the day. And uh, so Joel started writing Joel. And uh, W-A-K, you know, was theme, main, um, psych. Um, and they, they used to paint. But then, like, Joel and, like, uh, so Tetra back then, it was, like, nice. Or it was Haven. It was uh, Inspire. It was D. Um, it was drop. It was a. Uh, it was um. Who else? Um. Aries. Aries retro. It was um. Yeah, they were the squad. Like OAK was the squad back in the day. They were just down the block doing their thing. Mm -hmm. We were b boy oriented. They were skate oriented. But we all had MCs, DJs, and b and graffiti writers. That's mm -hmm. what I always loved about their crew. It was it was like how Earth and Venus are like and, and Mars they're like sister planets, you know, sister yeah. brother planets. Like that's how I always felt their crew was to us, like just a different version of us. We b-boyed, they skated. Sick, yeah. you know? And um the, a combination of them and Decca. Yeah, shout nasty out. Nasty ass MC. Nasty. One of the nastiest MCs I ever uh, besides Haven. Mhm. Mm Cause Haven just destroys it, bro. Chris, behind the mic, stupid, bro. You have to play catch up. He's like Lil Wayne. You gotta play catch up on his. Oh, he has music for days, bro. Albums sound nice. Like when I used to see him back in the day, he'd give me like five, six discs at a time, and they all be different. They all be good. And I would, he would give it to me every time. And you'd be like, how the fuck do you make this much good music? I used to trip out on it, like, cause I, cause I was like. I was like, I'll fucking battle anybody. And I was like, maybe not him. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. I hope I don't catch him. You so, know, and, and I hope I didn't catch Drop either. I used to think, like, I used to, I, I used to secretly be like, look at Dent and Sam and be like, oh, if I catch those two, you guys might have to get me, get right. me back. You know, like, I, I always gave it up to them, fuckers. So how did I kind of, we were talking Tetra, 
they kind of created like a crew, life crew, you know, like uh, just a whole like a hip hop entendre. Um, to me, MCs, B boys, DJs, producers, beatboxers, skaters, just a real collective communal. And that's what hip hop is. It's a platform to be communal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's our chance to use art and dance and music and life and food to, to be communal and be together. It's not to be against each other. Sure, we have battles and conflicts and stuff, but it, in, in the long run, it makes us better and sharper at what we do. And um, they created like, a, um, like how LOF was. Because right. LOF wanted to be the the all styles can, everything. Can we say that LOF was like the original, like Denver, Colorado hip hop crew? I would say so. Yeah. I would say besides G Dub right after. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I would say that. I would honestly say that, mm-hmm. and I'm allowed to say that. Um, not the original. Because, of course, and there's X-Men and, like, you know, when you go way back and Took and Emit, like, when Took, yeah. you know, like, do you know, when, like, so so there's that. But I would say as far as getting out to clubs and repping and graphing, LOF was the first to me because that's when they wanted Scream and Ark and Moses. And they were like, no, they go, uh, Scream was like, no, Ark and Moses want to start Get With This. I'm with my brother and my cousin. Right, and then John John, they're LOF, and uh, they took it to heart. Hey, one time, Scream and Ark didn't make it to this battle. It's probably like ninety four, ninety five, bro. Ninety six, maybe ninety. Is the Ashland Rec Center, and we met up straight up two crews, LOF versus G Dub. No judges, no spectators, no nothing. Those are you guys. Just two crews on a basketball court. Screaming art didn't show up. They roasted us. I'll chalk that one up. G-Dub, we don't lose, homie. Right. Not out here. Not in Colorado. Um, But they got us that round. I'll always remember that. It was was a good learning experience. Why didn't the homies show up? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Trouble. T R O U. O U B L E treble. <laughs> but um Did you guys battle LOF again? Like on some shit like that? Not after because they stopped uh I'm not saying they stopped. I'm not saying they fell off. I'm not selling saying they but Lalo in like ninety eight, ninety nine, Lalo and Dash brought GWT back. And there was no other crews. Our scenario was dying off. Uh, there was no, there was a GW, so it was GWT and there was a team in the Springs called TSF, the Springs Finest. That was it for years till like 2004 mm-hmm. until we started teaching in Boulder, you know, at, at Motion Underground. And then, uh, and then a couple guys broke off from our dance studio and started affiliated and like a Boulder crew. And then some guys broke off and went to Fort Collins and right. started a Fort Collins crew. And then a group of our students from Aurora broke off and created School of Breaking. So, like, we were the apex of the pyramid that created the resurgence in Denver. Right. Everyone else left us on our own. We were the ones traveling in 2000 going to Miami, pro-ams. We were the ones going to Seattle. We beat, I, I love footwork in Seattle at a freestyle session. 
I love Footworks from Japan. Mm-hmm. International team. They took it easy on us. We took advantage of it. Um, and then we went up against Havoc Coro from Texas, and they smoked us like we were fucking amateurs. It was embarrassing. But you get it beat, you want to get beat by the Kings, you know? Right. <laughs> Hey, let's go back. Do you know how kind of GWT got started? Can you talk about that or not? Yeah, yeah. So um, I know John John is an old school Denver popper. And, um, and that's the one we I think we're talking about. It is. Right? Yeah, he's super old John school. John. He's super old school. He's like triple, double, quantantrum yeah. OG. He has so many O's in front of his G, in, fr- in my eyes. All right. um, but um, like I said, um, when Scream took me to that hip-hop show off 9th and Lincoln... I just remember Total Devastation was playing, I want to get blended, my brother. Dun. You know, like a real upbeat song. And we saw Fiends and Mars b-boy. And we were just popping. Right. So we saw how they were bringing it to the floor with Quickstep was doing head spins. And so Scream goes, fuck that. We're going to start b-boying. Um, we'll pop when we're in our 40s, which is funny because now we're in our 40s. Right. And that closet pop. Every B-boy is a closet popper, by the way. Like, you'll, you'll catch us in our rooms. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so um, that's when um, Scream was like, yeah, John John's been showing me how to pop. And he goes, but um, my brother and uh, my cousin Moses want to start a crew. And he goes, they asked me to be in their crew, but he goes, oh, we're going to do this. And he goes, it's going to be called GWT. Get with this. And then... Um, on the same wall where Voice and Jer battled, and Jer painted this picture of a person of a crazy being standing on the shoulders, choking another being out, and it said, "A voice is nothing if it can't be heard." So Jer kind of won that battle because <laughs> Voice and Jer are the kings, you know. It was like Game of Thrones at that point. It was right. like it was like two. An immovable object, kind of an unstoppable force. Like it was, so it was like, uh, and that's Year of the Bomb. And that's when Contents had its first store before its second store. But um, so, so Scream, so Ark and Moses came up with Get With This. Right. And um, they painted it on that wall. And then that's how they said, we're going to be the Get With This crew, the G dubs, Groovin' World. Can um, you tell them how they got the Get With This? Um, you were talking about it the other day. It they, was a certain song. It, it, from Black Sheep, it was definitely get with this, and you could get with that. You could get with this, or you could get with that. But really, when it came down to it, um, INS was battling NC before Voice and Mars and them were LOF. They were NC, No Claim Crew, Milk. And all them. Do you remember them? Nah, I don't. I was was in here during that time. This is the early 90s, yeah. And so INS, I Never Stop, before uh, uh, they were battling NC Crew, Mars, Voice, Milk, before they went to LOF. Um, And they painted a piece... Because I, they said it was because of that song. I don't really know if th- how true that is. Right. And it, it was a message to them. Get with this. And they go, that's going to be our graph crew then. Or our breaking crew. Fuck that. We just burned mm-hmm. those fools. Get with this. Not only did we have a sick-ass mural, but we sent a message. Right. Like, get with this. And so that's how they, they got it. And um, and then I was just a tag-along forever. But Scream, Scream just loved me for some reason. And he always just brought me around. You said you were like second generation, right? Yeah, because it was Scream, Moses, Ark, Sacred, um, 
Um, those guys were already doing it when they started showing me. But they all liked me. They were just like, hey, you're cool. Like, you little weirdo. <laughs> you know? like, And they just liked like how I was always just ready you know and so they threw me down with the crew and um and they were they just knew um they just knew i was down to go bombing Mm -hmm. and they were like we fucking love it like now to me for them to put you down because gwt is a legendary crew in the city mm -hmm. you know so for them to put you down with them, you really had to be doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I was getting burned left and right in circles. What are you going to do? You know, you got to crash to create. And right. uh, But they just loved how I was just... Sounds like you were down, bro. Bro, it's called... Down D- for whatever. It's called DSD1. Down since day one. <laughs> That's what it's called. They, they, they were just like... They were like, you didn't know what the fuck was going on, but you were just ready what were your like first kind of couple like go-to moves when you first started i would always ride the rhythm i would always ride because i used to hip-hop dance so i would always ride the rhythm and like touch the floor and point Mm -hmm. and like so almost kind of like more like a routine but like a freestyle kind of mostly a freestyle but i would like just piss people off because i was that like i'd rhythmatically like make fun of them like on the floor Okay. Like, like on some beach street shit where yeah. they're kind of doing the little, you know what I mean? Where they pointed at each other and yeah. this and that. And then screaming them had the like more powerful momentum moves. Everyone had their, we all had our little niche. Little go tos. Yeah. And then like, um, you know, we picked up, uh, you know, it was mostly graphing and MCing for me through the 90s. I was mostly Rhyme Squadron with Dent and Sam. And mostly graphing with OAK, my crew. Mm-hmm. And I would just B-boy on the side just because I thought it was fun. And, you know, we're high on coke at the club. <laughs> so, uh, but then um, in the late 90s, Lalo and Dash, they started dancing again at the clubs. And they started getting everyone back together. And you guys would go to, like, the regular, like, nightclub nightclub, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Straight up tracks. You know, we would mm-hmm. where they play hip hop, yeah, or electro, because we'd listen to. Because back then it was techno, before it was ninety different genres of electro music. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a, you know, that head jack in Chicago house style. Yeah. Well, guess what? Funk. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, it, it was kind of an eight oh eight rhythm, so you could b boy to house. And you could pop the house. So we would just go out and groove. Mm-hmm. And that's back when they would DJ Dan and DJ Carlos and Bad Boy Bill, they'd throw cassette tapes out into the crowd. And that's like we were talking about. Right. You had to call to get them at points. You'd show up there. They'd be like, all right, you guys are kind of cool. You guys, uh, all right, here, go here. And you go to another map points. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, um, one time Scream took me to this rave called Eden. And it was in a dry riverbed out by the Mile High Flea Market, out like, you know, almost Commerce City, yeah. almost Brighton. And it was this the huge... The Arsenal. It was like this huge, almost, no, north of it. North of the Arsenal. Like, by the north of the flea market. But it was a dry riverbed about probably as wide as to the refrigerator to this wall. Yeah. And it was probably like 20 feet high. But they had a live... Um, live DJs with a live drummer and it was so sick and it was called Eden it was completely illegal um, 
Some crazy shit. And we brought cardboard from our car. I was going to say, how did you b-boy? Because you're cutting some dirt or in some yeah, riverbed. Yeah, so we brought cardboard and we were breakdancing in front of the drummer. And he was painted all blue. Like, this is years before the Blue Man Project. Right. Like, he was painted Maybe all he neon. he was a Blue Man. Original. Maybe he Blue Man. Originally. <laughs> but it was, it was just cool. You know, back then it was so raw. It was so... Um, it was such a grind against it was such a you know like we didn't learn to b-boy in dance studios we learned on cardboard we learned downtown in the garage. Outside, yeah in, in the, the garage we learned fucking it. parking lot and then like when we started teaching at dance studios we were like you little fucking chumps have it made right. we were buying we would go to cali we would travel and come back with vhs tapes of competitions and study them to learn how to you know, you know on your kobe bryant yeah, and then um, nowadays, um, it's all about the internet. And so you can advance so fast, but we had to travel. We would use rental cars, planes, trains. We used to take the Greyhound, um, and and, to, and we would go to these competitions and just tr- just lose tremendously. But everyone would be like, "Fuck yeah, that's gang, that gang of knowledge." Everyone, but everyone would be like. Oh fuck yeah, that's our little Denver team. I remember you. Oh fuck, you guys fucking well, what 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 uh, what's the oceans like in Denver? And we'd be like, what? And then I would be like, where the fuck is Denver? <laughs> we'd be like, bro, Fuckers. we're in Colorado. And they'd be like, and then fools would be like, John Elway fool. Yeah, and fools would be like, oh fuck yeah. Where the fuck is Colorado? They'd be asking the homie next to. Him. That's funny. And though. then um, but um, after a few. Uh, a couple years of us popping up in LA, Miami, of uh, these West Coast, like Energetic and Little Rock in them, they were like, nah, bro, you guys aren't staying at Travel Lodge. Don't go pay that shit. You're coming. You guys, hey, bro, this is the third time we've seen you guys out of state. Like, and like, cause, and that's that communal part of hip hop that I'm talking about. Um, it's it, like, uh, not only did like, when I started to like screaming them take me in after people took him in. But as GWT, as we got national, the national teams took us in. So it was, there's layers of communal, you know, which is really cool to see. Right. Because now I have a couch anywhere I go in this country. And it's not because I'm not going around fighting dudes over chicks. No, I'm over here building and painting, sleeping on couches because of hip hop, bro. Exactly. Real hip hop. And that's the best part. Um, with GWT is I got to travel with Fate, Dash, Lalo, Kid Cruz, uh, Ray Ray. I've known them all since I was 14. We're all the same. We're three different graph crews that stuck with breaking. ABS, INS, OAK. And so that's why GWT is so special is because just like when I was here last week when TCA was talking about TCAF, TCA family, they get together for barbecues and stuff. It's not just painting. And right. that's GWT, too. When we were, you know, we, we, we were at each other's houses, mowing each other's lawns, like, you know, at every ch- every other sister's birthday. Right. You know. Just it, some real family shit. Yeah. And then we take road trips and go battle and win or lose together, you know. like But we did it as a family, you know. And that, that was the most special part is um, I got to live a dream. Not for real. You definitely. You know, I got to travel and dance and compete. You be know, on the road years, and compete and break dance for years with, with all the guys I grew up with since middle school. What do you think of the term b boy? Is that offensive to you? 
That's actually the term because when people say breakdance, that's actually a term the media coined for commercial purposes because I, I actually um I watched the Drink Champs the other night with Crazy Legs and he said some lady kind of coined that phrase because she, you know what I mean? Breakdance? Yeah, he said they kind of get offended to it sometimes. Yeah, bro, we don't breakdance, we b-boy. Mm-hmm. Fuck, dude. You know, like, and now this new school uh, street jazz is called hip-hop dance? No, that's street jazz. That's the shark and the jets. That's been around fucking dickheads. What it's called is, is cultural appropriation. And I don't know if you're familiar with cultural appropriation, but... Um, Real me, quick is they don't want to come up with their own stuff and be original. They want to take something else and flip it a little and then call it their own new genre. And that's completely what cultural appropriation is because guess what? Yoga was not designed to be sold in a dance studio to people of a higher tax bracket. That's not what yoga was designed for. Yoga was designed for mental health and meditation. It was not meant to be sold. Neither was hip-hop. Okay, mm-hmm. and what what the media did because this is a capitalistic society, and so what the media did to hip hop is they go, oh, music, we can make CDs and sell it, boom, oh, artwork, we could tangibly put it on canvases and put it in galleries mm-hmm. and sell it, um, MC, uh, you know, um, so um, DJing. We could have shows and we can make music. Control the radios. Exactly. And and then then we could uh, make money off of people paying for commercials. Exactly. So b-boying, b-boying, the term b-boy comes from because you were a Bronx boy. And that's where it started. Two guys named the Nigga Twins in the early 70s, mid 70s, they took disco dancing down to the floor. Two dudes. Their name was the Nigga Twins. They were two black Dudes, twins from the Bronx. So a few years of that, they would do it when it was the breakdown of the beat. Like, Apache, jump on it. Well, the breakdown was a dum 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 da 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 when you the were, instrumental part. Yeah, yeah, and you were just at your breaking point, and you had to break out of your shell. And you're That's because you're a break boy. You're a Bronx boy. You're a B-boy. That's where that comes from. Because you break out of your shell, you're a Bronx boy, you're a B-boy, you, you the breakdown. That's where that term break comes from. It And then the, some reporter was like, yeah, break dancing. Because she heard break down mm-hmm. and it looks like it breaks your back. So she just, you know, and that's where break dancing came from. But it's not called break dancing. It's called B-boy. 100%. All day, every day. You could call it break dancing all you want. But you could also call the Northside Highlands. You know, you could call like, my mind. you know what I mean? The motherfucking North, North. Yeah, dog, it's the nutty block. You know, like you could call, you could call, um, I mean, you know, it's just what it is. And it's not offensive if you say I'm a break dancer because, you know what, if you just don't know, you don't know. But it's not okay to call someone a nigger just because you don't know. You know, there's offensive, you know. Like in, in certain cultures, throwing up thumbs up is fuck you, like in the UK. And we're over there running around like, hey, hey what's up? Double yeah, thumbs double up. Double fuck you, you know? <laughs> so it's like, there's so, um, but that's where hip hop is communal because it's universal because graffiti art in the UK, Germany, the US, Brazil, the hip hop 
DJing, the emceeing, the b-boying, it's communal. It's universal. It's the same language. It's from the people for the people. So what they did to b-boying is um, they culturally appropriated it, and there was no way to tangibly sell. They couldn't make a CD. They couldn't sell a canvas, and they couldn't have a D, uh, you know. So there was no way to tangibly sell b-boys. So they hired Crazy Legs and all of them to do all these fancy shows and this and that, and then for about six years, they just fucking kicked them to the curb because there was no tangible way to make capitalistic money off of that version of hip-hop right so that's when b-boying died out in the u.s well guess what storm and all them took all they they bought all the turtlenecks out of this shop in new york like completely disrespected the whole new york hip-hop community as far as breakdancing went they because storm and they were rich europeans and they bought all the turtlenecks the whole shop they uh-huh. bought the shop so no one could get those same breakdancing turtlenecks and they went over to europe for about four or five years and they just exploded hip-hop because over there if you got in trouble for fighting they put you in breakdance classing if you got in trouble for vandalizing they put you in artwork class. if you got you know yeah they, they had they had like interventions almost they embraced they embraced a hip-hop culture as wow this is a chance for our youth to have a second renaissance and that was the early that was 90 Mm-hmm. So when they came back over in 92, 91 for the Zulu anniversary and they were just fucking destroying the breakdance floor, fucking destroying graffiti murals, that's when 92 became the year of the bomb for the US. And that's when graffiti that's when it just everything just took off. Huh? Yeah, because we were like, "Hold on a second. This is the This is a US culture. Hip hop? It started in the Bronx, Holmes." That's a U. This is a U.S. culture from the people for the people. As grassroots and as guerrilla garden as it gets, we created something from nothing. Exactly. Unga bunga, I make fire. <laughs> Straight up, and I love it. You know, I love the story, and like I love being a part of it. You know, because <laughs> you know, in the early '90s, we would take the RTD to go um, to hip hop battles, and you know, we were wearing the baggiest clothes. It was stupid and you know we had backpacks hanging down to our butt cheeks and like, you know um but it was a golden era of creativity and um you know it was a, it was an age of adventure because the 80s you know like getting a sandwich and riding your bike around with a flashlight no the 90s were crawling around freeways and crawling around uh tunnels and mm-hmm. uh freight yards so the 90s to me with hip-hop um still had that 80s feel adventure of uh adrenaline yeah and like you know the world is out there and i'm feral at this moment you know Mm -hmm. not lamenting about the past and not imagining about the future you're 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 when you're bombing or when you're breaking when you're b-boying or mcing i can't speak for djing because i don't really dj but it's called affinity not infinity with an I, it's affinity with an A. Explain. And, and that's completely in the moment. No thought, no lamenting of the past, and no imagining about the future. You're completely caught in the now. And it's really hard to do. It's really hard to do, you know? Because even in the back of my head, I'm thinking about my dog at home. You know, I was thinking so about, did I fuck something? You know, like, and that's what it is, is... um. 
we uh, we let all these distractions. It's it's hard, but it's called affinity. And I remember like points of affinity when I was b-boying, because b-boying it's like tap, it's a spotlight dance. Look at me, here I go. You know, it's like yep. this. Uh, Look what I'm doing. Yeah, and you have to be completely in the moment, or you're gonna snap your finger, just like martial arts. Like how Bruce Lee talks about um, being caught in the moment. Mm-hmm. That's along the same lines. Gotcha. He's like you know, it's a uh, it's a martial art because you have to be yeah so i mean like we would um fuck man we would go all over we'd win we'd lose one time this team from garden city kansas came out here and garden city kansas is the biggest trailer park in the nation mm-hmm. and uh i used to live on 38th and mead and we were like who the fuck are you guys where's garden city kansas and then we were looking up and they were like yeah, yeah it's like 2000 fucking four and they were like yeah we're staying at motel six da, da, da. and i was like guys nah me and my boy got our house we're cooking like yeah. come over guys you know and just like those cali crews took us in for sure we took those guys in from garden city kansas and like it just pays forward and you know now our, our students have students who have students and like, have students yeah you know like well, like i said we were the apex of the pyramid back in the late 90s and 2000s and we started a bunch of other crew uh, crews um i used to live uh in the avondales by uh, on colfax and irving mm-hmm. and um uh we used to go dance at the spot and we started teaching breaking classes at general juvenile probation and this guy kevin was taking the classes and he was like there's no way this Stupid fucking teachers gonna be better than those guys at the spot, right? And I walk in, me and my boy Fate, and he goes, "Oh fuck, it's those dudes from the spot." <laughs> He's Kid Cruz. He's sponsored by Red Bull. I oh, took yeah. him off the street. Was like, "No, you're living with me this year, like until you get a job, until we do this competition." Like, no, that's dope, man. I took him in. Now he's sponsored by Red Bull. Has a kid. He's doing well. Like. Hell yeah. Kid Cruz. Hey, let's talk a little bit about B-Boying, though. Because yeah. you said there is a difference. Like, popping and locking are two different things. Sure. Can you explain to them? Sure. So, um, there's B-Boying, which is more like ground moves and mm-hmm. like, you Hitting know. the flow. Yeah. And then there's even like a, a dance called turfing. And it's like a style of a mix of B-Boying and uh, street jazz. Uh, that's here nor there. But B-Boying is more like uh, floor moves where... Um, spin moves more acrobatic but popping and locking are definitely two different genres and because everyone thinks they're the same they do and you know that's common you know like people that's why we're people let them know people say football in america and it's, it's soccer <laughs> whatever <laughs> potato tomato but um so popping has to do more with and popping actually came from the bay which a lot of people don't know it came from the yay area it came from the bay homes huh? so like it straight up um, is unique to the Bay Area, and a lot of people don't know that. But it has to do with more like waves and like the way your body can pop, or um, like you're talking the ticks, like you said, like the ticks. ticks. There's pops. There were more. There's more there's than hits. one type, right? Yeah. There's waves. There's it. There's tuts where you do like King Tut yeah. styles where boxes, and uh, there's there's waves where it's completely just waves. There's uh, there's ticks where you just tick. There's strobes where you act like you're in a strobe light and you're running towards first base. Throwing. There's a, there's a hits where you're like, 
where your body just, just flexing, you're flexing like, like, it, yeah. Like you're, like you're gang banging on someone almost in a way, and then, and then there's like pops where you like pop. There's so many different styles, but uh, popping came from the Bay um, around the same time in the early '70s, where all of this just, uh, um, you know, there's no TV. It's all Soul Train. Right. Is where it mostly got translated from side to side on left coast, west coast, third coast, Houston. It's, um, but Lockin has to do more from LA because a guy named Don Campbell Lock, it was a more singular style of funk dancing that had these really tight ways of locking your arms, your elbows, and your knees. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was called locking. And yeah, that was like you were saying more rerun. Yeah, if you're old school, what's happening? Rerun used to yeah, do those. Yeah, and that, he does it in a couple of videos too. I mean he does yeah. it in like a DJ quick video. And- yeah, yeah. And if you watch Soul Train, there's a lot of locking on Soul Train. Um, but there's a lot of popping too. And so it was cool it's cool to see that how B boying from the Bronx popping and locking all became a part of an urban dance genre. Right. Well, um, which was hip hop, and what's crazy is you see it in the movies too. Yeah, in Beach Street, you yeah. see him hitting the floor. Yeah, full on battles. Yeah, and some fools and then, are breaking, some fools are b boying, mm-hmm. some are locking. Like Mr. Wave, gets in there. Right, nobody does. You know, he created the style. Uh, you know, and then some guys are locking a lot. Mostly just mostly b boying because yeah, of the momentum moves. The movie Breaking, we're there. Where it went to the West Coast. Yeah, where it was mostly popping and locking because on the West Coast, it was more. Either way, there were there's a lot of punk rock style roots with the way they dressed, but uh, a beat Beat Street was definitely more b boying. Where uh, Breaking and Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo, they were definitely more popping and locking based because popping and locking is West Coast. Was the scene in the West? Yeah, yeah, and 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 like they shared, you know, because uh, cultures clash and collide and people Uh build and people travel and you know it became by the 80s is when it was mixed together right it took a decade it took because in the early 70s is when the nigga twins i'm talking 73 this that's when they started hitting disco dancing to the floor that's when people started uh doing waves and popping and stuff soul train and then that's when locking came out and then um you know, over about six, seven years is when it all started meshing, and that's when the movies came out. And that's when it became part of capitalistic America. Mm-hmm. Because then it became something tangible you could sell. My movie about hip-hop. So, you know, that's yeah. where the cultural appropriation comes in. Mm-hmm. And that's where they started just... Hey, but it educated us, because we really never did. seen it. It really did. If they didn't do that shit, if they didn't have Beat Street and Electric, you know, breaking all that shit, yeah. fucking colors and all that shit, we would have still been kind of. And if a we lot think of, we know, if a lot of people didn't have yoga, a lot of people would lose their minds or be less in shape. Because mm-hmm. yoga is great for people, but we did culturally appropriate it and like sell it. We sell it, yeah. and, and it's designed for you know. And hip hop wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't meant to be sold. But I'm glad people can make music or money off of it as long as it's the artist. It's taking a lot of people out of the streets and not just like rap, but everything. Yeah. You know? Artists, dancers. Yep. Everything. DJs, you name it. 
fucking fashion artists, you know what I mean? Yeah. Weed growers, fucking lowrider builders, you know what I mean? The fucking chefs, you know? Yeah. There's hip hop snacks now. Have you seen those? Yeah. <laughs> you were talking earlier, like within B Boy, though, there's all kinds of different. You know what I mean? Like you were breaking it down about like kind of like what we just did with the the pop and the different styles. What kind, is there all kind? Of, how, explain some of the styles of b boying. Wow, it, it's it's beautiful because different parts of the country really came out with different. Because when b boying came back to the U.S. in the late '90s, in the '90s, because um, the year of the bomb, I mean it fucking exploded, made COVID look lazy. Right, I'm talking. <laughs> Even Denver, we went in a craze, you know? And it's cool because, so the East Coast teams, they kept more of a, more of a, a traditional, a traditional um, style of hand movements and footwork and more, I, I don't want to say basic. The West Coast will say it's basic. The East Coast will say the West Coast don't ride the beat enough. But it was like the, the West Coast was like, super innovative as far as like creativity momentum moves physicality who are the cats um and then texas just took both who are the cats that really killed it that took it to the next level the cats that wear the mass oh jabberwockies jabberwockies yeah where are so, they from so they're from all over california and one of the coolest things about jabberwockies and gwt is when we started teaching at Motion Underground up in Boulder. Every year they would have like a hip hop uh, um, dance festival and they would have all these professional dancers from the West Coast come out and do uh, like session. Um, uh, like tutorials. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, you'd seminars. Go, you'd go, yeah, you'd pay and you'd show up. And, um, and one of them was Gary Kendall. And sick ass b-boy sick ass hip-hop dancer i mean i'm talking legendary he taught the guys that taught everyone on the west coast that are in a dance video like all the the little girl and missy elliott mm -hmm. that's older now he taught all the dudes that taught the people that taught her when she was a little kid gotcha yeah triple of the triple ogs so that year we went out to battle dance and we had our choreography is because Gary Kendall came out for the last three years and helped us learn choreo. We would just hit the floor, and he goes, no. He goes, you guys go on your hands. You gotta have a little routine. He goes, more artsy, less, less street. technical. Okay. And so he was. He broke it down like ice skating, technical versus art. And I was. we were like, oh, okay. So we went out to battle dance, and he was kind of our secret coach, and that's when we fucking d go dusted everyone, and uh, Furious Styles beat us out. But we took third in a competition where you had to apply to get in. It's on TV. Um, nobody ex We beat Air Force crew. Fucking international crew. They, everyone underestimated us. Right. So uh, Gary Kendall is one of the founding members. So um, since he coached us through that, when you get into GWT, we go old school and we get you a belt buckle and a belt. Right. We got silver, motherfucker. I got my Cosmo. I got my OAK. I remember seeing Fate with one. I got my GWT. We all have them. When you get your stripes, that's your stripes. That's your stripes. You're on the lineup. Okay. You earned your... You earned your... You winner, yeah. So... Since Gary battled with us a couple times and helped us get so far with battle dance, when he came to Colorado a few months later, we we got we we showed we showed up to the dance studio 
with a GWT belt for him. Dope. Guess who's the founding member of Jabberwockies? He is? Gary Kendall. So he, um, the first year they were in America's Best Dance Crew, they donated, they, they uh, designated that whole season to their fallen crew member who passed away. Mm, man. Gary Kendall. He's in GWT Jabberwockies. That's crazy. Yeah. We are linked. Like, and those cats are still like doing it mm-hmm. big. They were, I mean, yeah, and he's in the a, baby in the baby video. Yeah, the, he's the baby. He's a he was the original founding member, and he's Jabberwockies and GWT when he passed away. R.I.P. He has the belt. He has the belt. You don't know what it means to get that belt, because that's old school hip hop, Steez. For you, real, you for know? real. It's like getting the vest, bro. Just like getting the vest. Look at my hair standing up right now. I'm freaking out. I remember when I got my belt, bro. Do you remember that shit? Fuck talk, yeah, talk dude. That shit, Fuck bro. yeah, dude. Uh, Ray Ray and Epi and Ash and Fate. No, Fate Fate wasn't even in GW yet. I got into GW. We had to earn our way in. Dash and Lalo goes, everybody's in the crew. Who wants stripes? Everybody wants in. You know, there's 15 people trying to be G-Dub. I know. You know, because we were the cool kids. Lala was like, uh-uh. We're the fucking B-Boys, homie. This is a B-Boy crew. We're boogie boys. We're going to boogie. Like, and Lala was, and Dash, they, I got to hand it down to them, dude. They made me fucking earn it, dude. I was like, send me in, send me in. They go, we'll go in. They're like, and they're like, you always you take just, that initiative. Yeah, and they're like, you suck, which you're always down to go in. They're like, that's so tight, but you're actually better than last week. And after a couple of weeks, they were, um, they were like, yeah, you're down. But when Lalo and Dash and them really put the crew back together in 2000, when we got like professional, I showed up and Ray Ray, Epi, Lalo, and Dash had a belt for me. Nice. I started punching the air. I, I, you know, I was, and then um, at our neck because we would have meetings and we would vote on things and like you know, uh, wh- where are we going this month? Like Cali, are we going? You know, who's going where? Who's in the battle? Who's on what? T- you know, we would have meetings because we were, and um, I remember a meeting. I was like, hey guys, I go, I want to put a vote up. I want Fate to get a belt. I go, everyone's hands up, yay or nay. Everyone goes, yay. Mm. And I voted fade in. Even though we've been G'd up since we were kids, like, right. you know, the 90s, but in 2000, we got serious and, like, a whole different ball game. And then, like, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And, it, and that's when, like, we got, that's when we got good because we pushed each other. You know, you are who you hang around. And they were high caliber dancers, so I got good. And, like, I just mostly rode the beat and, like, kind <clears> of <throat> had some special tricks. And, like, you know, I could make it to the semis and knock some people out and let, let the boys take it home. Kind of <laughs> like some karate kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And go fuck a fuck, couple fools up, yeah. take them out early, and then they go in and sweep clean Sweep the it leg, up. Johnny. Sweep <laughs> the leg. Yeah, I, I, would go in, I would go in and sweep the leg. Um, it, but it was cool because we had... You know, there, at a point in time, there was 10, 12 of us, and so we would do GWT, and then we would enter as groundwork technicians, ghetto wrecking thugs, uh, grooving world. Uh, on the phone, GWT is 498, 
So we'd enter as the 49ers. There'd be five three-on-three GWT teams. Nice. Five other three-on-threes, Fort Collins. Did you ever end up battling each other? All the time. In the, in the like, finals? All the time. All what the time. What was that like, though? Because you know you're going to be talking shit if your crew wins against, ah, you know, dude, another three-man team in your crew. Brutal, because if you slip, you got to hear about it tomorrow. Exactly. Oh, the worst, bro, because I was never the worst, but I was never the best. So it's like, sometimes I did, like... B plus, but sometimes I did some D minuses. Oh, <laughs> it, all, it happens, man, all the time. Well, it's hard, too, when it's in front of uh, 700 people. Oh, for sure, brother. You know, like, that's hard because it's a, you know, you want to perform. It's a pride thing. Um, you know, like, there's a lot to it when you're battling with B-Boy and you have to have a game plan. It's a chess match. You have to have... You have to have breath control. You can't get excited and forget. Can't to, use up all your energy. No, you can't blow your wad. So what, what Gary Kendall taught us is when you go in and someone does a five, you go in and do a six or a seven. But you save your eight. You know, if someone goes in and does a two out of ten, mm-hmm. you go in and do a three or four. But you save your five and your six. Someone does a five, you go do your six or your seven, but you save your eight, your nine. And if someone does eight or nine, pull out your ten. You're done. Right. And then live to fight another day. <laughs> but um, and see, that's so Gary Kendall helped us get super structured. But um, yeah, Jabberwocky's like a. Why are you killing it, bro? That first season of America's Best Dance Crew, they de- dedicated it to their fallen team member Gary Kendall. But um, yeah, dude, he was a. Uh, he was GWT. So I gotta ask you a question, man. I gotta ask you a couple. We got we haven't hit this yet, but um, you knew skate pretty good, and you knew preach. You were he said he was your cousin, right? Yeah. What was that like, kind of growing up with the man? Because they're kind of like graffiti, you know, icons. There you go. Def- you know, definitely, they're, uh, they're definitely on on the on the wall at the, exactly. at, at the American Foreign I, you know, Legion. You know what I want to say, but. You know, but icons is a good word, and I try to use that because I don't really try to call anyone like a legend. You know what I mean? But they were—they're definitely on that Mount Rushmore of bombing, man. Like, yeah. So escape. What was it like growing, or what was it like, kind of like you know? Escape and Lalo went to Clear Lake off of like uh, uh, 76th and Pecos. I went. Dash and I uh, went to Scott Carpenter. Which is off 70th and Pecos. So um, we're OAK, they're ODK, but we all grew up breaking together. So my escape B boy as well? Yeah, everybody did back okay. then. Everybody. Like everyone everyone real. wrote, everyone breaked, everyone was rhyming. Everyone. They just kind of ventured off into their own niche. Yeah, yeah. So that was back in the day, We it just you just did it all, it seemed like. Um, so Lalo and Scape and them, they started their crew, ODK. And OAK and ODK actually battled for a couple summers. Um, I fucked up, bro. And uh, it was on seven. It was on 80th and Pecos, and we saw an ODK tag, and we were like, "Fuck that! That's way too close to OAK." And so, I fucking slashed it. And then I come to realize it was Scape, Lalo, Cape, like all the homies. Bro. Oh shit! <laughs> like the other side of INS that went to their graph crew, <laughs> like. I was like, um, Merck and Dash and everyone, uh, it, it was like, it was too late. They challenged us. 
They were like, who can get up the most? But we were like 20 deep because we were like a popular crew. Mm-hmm. And they were like six deep. But um, All a, straight like, a bunch of foos were like, it was Scape and Cape. Yeah. And Lalo, Bale. Like, fuck, dude. Like, writers. Not, not taggers. Not hip-hop heads. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers were writers. You know what I mean? And you know the difference. Mm-hmm. A real writer versus someone who tagged. Like, I'm not a real writer, but I paint. I tag a little. You know, but I'm not writing. Right. You know, I'm not active. I'm, I'm not, not out I'm, there. Exactly. There's no, a, more than just, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, I yeah. won't say 24-7, but. Dude, I can take freestyles. Do I MC? Hell no. <laughs> but I'm platinum in the shower, you know, good acoustics. <laughs> uh, and then, like, uh, so that's. My history was Scape, and I always stood close with them because Scape, Scape, never, he never dissed nobody. Like he just never like a dick. Right. He was he was cold and he was stern. He was, he was, but he was funny. Like, but he was just like. I don't know, man. He just reminded me like Benny from the Sandlot, man. Just like cooler than he's just the other side of the pillow type shit. Right. So a cool ass motherfucker. So Preach isn't my cousin. Okay. But we grew up as cousins because he was with Shannon for fucking like seven years. And Shannon's my second cousin. And that was through the late 90s. Mid late 90s. Into mm-hmm. the 2000s. So we just told everyone we were cousins. Mid-2000s, they broke up. Everyone, So we, him and I just treated each other as cousins. Gotcha. Because I knew him, hung out with him, went and ate tacos rapidos with him every week. You know, I went to the mall with him. I went, you know, like, him and I were cousins. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he is my cousin, but that's what he was with my second cousin Shannon for about seven, eight years. Gotcha. But growing up with him, fuck, I remember when he started painting. I was like, oh shit, cool. And so I gave him a bunch of my old drawings. I gave him like all everything. um, And he took my shit and ran with it and fucking made it way better. And then he got this like, Cali style he added to it like a SoCal a San Diego yeah that and um cause I got lucky cause I grew up um through the early 90s I grew up next to this guy David who wrote with a different RTD from Commerce City that wasn't Jer in them mm-hmm. um and he is sick and so he taught me all kinds of shit so I just advanced myself super fast Cause he's my neighbor and he saw me painting and he was like, what the fuck you paint graffiti? Um, so I gave a lot of that to preach and he took it and ran with it. And that's when he really, uh, he really took everything that I gave him, all my drawings and everything and just took them and took them and made them all his own little language, which is dope because everywhere he painting stuff, I was like, I showed you that. <laughs> I showed you how to how to do that. You know the drop shadow where you where like it looks like it's peeled off. Okay. When he would do that, I was like, showed you that. 
Oh, yeah. You know, but um, at the end, at the end, I was, I'm still glad I had both of those two in my life. Mm hmm. Because no matter how it ended or how what they did to people or whatever people say or or, or anything, um, I'm a better me because I grew up with them. No, that's dope, bro. And that's what friends are supposed to do. They're supposed to make you better. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because uh, not everybody got to grow up with them and, like, build with them and be able to share with them and... Go eat chicken wings. All that like, good shit. Make one of each other's shoes and shit. Like, you know, things you, you'll never be able to rewrite or... Um, Relive or imitate or emulate or anything, bro. Yeah, you know, like I remember you know? Preach and I, we, we worked at uh, <laughs> this shop called... Uh, is in the Westminster Mall. It was called... Uh, it was a rave hip-hop skate shop. Uh <laughs> But uh, we used to work there. <laughs> it's funny in like '99, and uh, I think he got fired. <laughs> and then uh, uh, my buddy Chris, last name Carnes, okay, was like, "Hey, I need a job." And I was like, "Him and I, uh, we played a, a Nintendo 64 Goldeneye all the time, mm-hmm. and we smoked swag weed with big old." Uh, stems and seeds <laughs> take us 20 minutes to break it up before we could roll it you're talking about dj chris kearns right chris kearns yeah dj Vajra, bro i go uh, um i go uh just i need someone to work with me dude i gotta hire somebody and uh, and i go dude you could totally bring up one of your turntables and set it on the counter and we have a tv i'll bring my nintendo 64 so he would sit there we'd sell skate shoes rave shirts like all type of sequenced and see-through and like uh we build skate decks and uh was it shifties what was it called and uh we would play uh golden eye and that's where he learned his hamster and gerbil scratch and like uh and then yeah dude it was dope because i was at the birth you know i saw that's, the, I, that's crazy yeah i saw like dj vajra's egg crack mm-hmm and I saw the little, um, like, version, right? You know, and he was like, look, I got it. A, t- a double-click flare. Right. He was all single-click flare. A double-click flare. A triple-click flare. Quadruple. That's fucking He was hilarious. all gerbil. Look, he goes hamster. He goes, and, he's, and he would go over the differences of it. And I was like, nobody else was getting this knowledge. He's definitely a Kobe Bryant of his craft. Like- Absolutely. Practicing nonstop, probably till fucking who knows. Probably you know in the morning, just talk about a real life Doogie Hauser. Ridiculous. Yeah, and like uh, it, it, he really, and that's when I was traveling around like at hip hop parties, and Chones would be like, "Fuck, cause will you help me carry in my crates?" I'd be like, "Hell yeah, bro!" You know, and I help Chones like carrying his crates he'd be like you're gonna hit the mic tonight be like fuck yeah is that cool he'd be like yeah of course bro everyone yeah um but that's that era which is dope because tones went more media 
mm-hmm. oriented, and Vajra went more battle oriented. So that was cool to see the different av- different lanes that DJs could take from the 90s, you know, because I literally carried in crates and crates of record for Chones uh, but w- before he was on the radio um, for house parties. But I also um, was at Vajra's first battles the f- when the DMCs were hot every summer. Right. And Denver's had some dope-ass DJs, bro. Shake. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking he I, said Jones, Cisco Rockwell, Cisco. I mean, come tense. Yeah, DJ Tense. I taught those those uh, classes at Denver Juvenile Probation. I taught with Tense. He taught DJing. Nice. Ah, he's the one who taught me how to cue records. And I'm sure there's a bunch we're missing. Don't get mad. But. Of course, of course. Like, um, but I mean, like fast you know, forward. DJ Psycho is yeah. OAKs, and now he's Chef David, and he runs El Chingon right off of a Fifteenth uh, and the Frontage Road uh, Pro Brewery is like on Twentieth, mm-hmm. and then there's that uh, on the right, go, uh, going south on the right where those those nice shops. It's the Northside Market, but El Chingon moved there. Um, he's DJ Psycho to us, you know, because when- that's crazy, bro. You're in so many fucking circles, yeah, bro. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, Jones, like you said, Vajra, like fucking Stretch. Is, you know, Stretch was LOF, but seven. he always grew up. He always hung out with GWT. He's GWT now. No, right? he's he's not GWT. No? Okay. That motherfucker's LOF, dude. Okay. And like, um, we used to always be like, why do you just roll with us everywhere? You grew up with Epi. How can you roll with us everywhere? Be our DJ, our jams. How could you just do everything with us and be LOF? But that's kind of what Dash and Lalo and them were saying. How can you do everything G-Dub, da-da-da-da-da, and be Rhyme Squadron? But I, I was like, no, it was not LOF. Right. And that was, they were like, well, that's why we never said anything. But like, stretch, yeah, you can stretch it when we're little kids. They used to do head spins with a helmet. Fucking hilarious, bro. <laughs> Did you know Cody Beasley by chance? Yeah, Cody. Because uh, so that's those are the Northland B boys. Yeah. So when Lala, I did a podcast with him like about a month ago, and he's t- he was telling me about all his mom's garage and having everyone over and just wild shit. So when then when Lalo and Dash got GWT back together, um, they were going to Thornton High School, and there was a a crew. Um, they were it was Lenny, Cody. What was their crew? UHS. They had a crew called UHS. So it was like us, LOF, UHS, LOF fell off, disappeared. Um, maybe not disappeared, but they just weren't doing anything. Repping for stripes. Um, UHF kind of fell off, disappeared, but there was a crew called Crazy Crew at Thornton, and they were mostly power moves. And uh, Lalo and Al Capone. And Dash and them got them to be GWT. And that's when we came back in 2000 and just started smashing. Because they were a bunch of white boys with all these power moves. Mm-hmm. And we were all like hella hood foos with Stilo style right. footwork. Tricks. Boom, 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 boom. You know. So the combo of our two just crews as GWT. Fucking. We, we just started smashing shit. And then... um. Al Capone went back to LOF, and LOF kind of came back, but didn't really come back because none of them got along. And as far as the breaking side, the mm-hmm. B-boy side, yeah. But uh,
But like when it came down to it in like the 2010s or whatever, Fiends really talked to like Ray Ray and Dash and Fate. I mean, was like, yo, um, I don't want no bad blood there's always been this like beef between our two crews like this rivalry beef would not beef right well it's like the Hatfield and McCoys there yeah. is no LOF without GWT there is no GWT without LOF I feel like in some weird you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah and like but not like that kind of Hatfield and McCoy rivalry but I feel like we both exist still because of each other mm-hmm. and uh, he was just like I want you to know that you guys held it down on the b-boy circuit for a long time for denver who's this real quick receipt okay no. this is some little video i put out back in the day uh and so ray ray was ray ray and like fate were and lalo were like our captains like yeah. we kind of like we kind of like layered our shit like we were captains you know uh-huh I lost it, brother. I'm gonna try to find it again. I would always, um, I would always try to lead lead the B team. Mm-hmm. We would put an A team, a B and a C with a little couple, like we yeah. mix each other up. Here and there. Like we were saying, the fullback block, you know, to get the running back through. Or I would, you know, sweep the leg and mm-hmm. then Ray Ray and then would take. We we just wanted G Dub with the victory. Right. I don't. It was all up. about the team. Yeah. Almost like well, like I was thinking too when they do like the Tour de France, how they have the team. Yeah, like the peloton. Yeah. And stuff. We really did stack it like that because we used to go to. Texas. See, there's tents right there. Oh, you missed oh. it again. Here, watch. Here, watch. Was that Spencer? Yeah. Spencer? Got to check it out real quick. Got the homie Heiser nice. hitting some shit up. Got DJ Tents and yeah. that fucking Al Wilson jersey. Oh, because I grew up with uh, Dustin, too. Yeah, Spence. Uh, Tents' older brother, Vocab. Okay. I grew up with Vocab. That's why I'm so close with Tents. Okay. Bro, I'm fucking old school. I'm telling you, you know fucking <laughs> everybody. Yeah, in. dude. Uh, I see Dustin and Tense, dude. And it's like we can't, we can't even hug each other enough. Bro, I love those guys, bro. Uh, yeah, Adam, but yeah, this, Adam this and is Dustin. Like, yeah, dude. Those those guys, they're fucking just like in a world of not good people. Those guys are good dudes. Like, this is all about like 10, 15 years old. But I used to put together these DVDs and shit like that. You know what I mean? A different hip hop shit. So you probably have like Sid Fly all up in there. Oh, yeah. And Sid, yeah. He's been on a bunch of my music, bro. Like, yeah, like Sid's the homie. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely know a gang of motherfuckers in the city and definitely been a part of a lot of history, man. Yeah, like uh, uh, Spoken Words. Mm-hmm. Hector? Yeah. Bro. He was a little ass kid when I was in high school. Bet, he, was, yeah. he was ninth grade, dude. The motherfucker used to... <laughs> Rob his uncle, they're drug dealers, and he'd come to school and like hand out hundreds and hundreds of dollars to to get to be cool, because he thought, you know, he was in ninth grade and we were in eleventh grade. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to be cool, and so they would, they would he would hand out a bunch of money, and I used to I remember I was always like, bro, you don't gotta give me money to be the homie. You're right. you're cool, Holmes. Like little Hector, little motherfucker, and I never took money from him and. Uh, now that he's spoken word and he's fucking kicking rhymes in English and Spanish like a champ, mm-hmm. uh, a few years back he was like, "I always remembered that you never took my uncle's my money to be my friend." 
It's so, crazy. So he was like, yeah, so spo- yeah, spoken word. He told me that, dude. He was like, I always remember that. He was like, because he was 14. I was 17. So they were trying, you know, and now all the homies were just taking stacks of cash from him. Like, hell yeah, dude. Because he would come to school with like 10 stacks. Stole it from his uncle. You'd have a shoebox in the, in the closet. His uncle hears this. Yeah, Mark, bro. Get him. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah, dude. But I used to always be like, actor, rap. I go, you know what? Because um, I worked at this restaurant on 70th and Pecos. So I was <laughs> proud. Like, I, go, I got my own money. Oh, yeah. And I saw everyone taking his money, like being like, oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to get some shoes. And not even like caring about him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's usually how it goes, bro. Yeah. And I was like, nah. My, my family taught me better. Well, you know, I got parents. And, yep. And so, a Chris Rock reference right there. And that's why I told you earlier, I have a father and I have a mother. I don't have a mom or a dad. Uh, Parental units or, you know, um, providers. We fucking talk to each other every day you know we make fun i moon my mom every day we live together and i make sure and sneak up and like hide and so i moon her every morning fucking hilarious bro and then well because uh, i caught her hiding around the wall to try to scare me like like about let's see my sister had me moved back there about six years ago and i caught her like three times trying to scare me and i was like mom you're fucking funny so I moon her like every day. You're crazy. It's cool. funny. So I'm close, close, close. But uh, um, but but uh, yeah. So I always worked. Uh, but yeah, actor used to come to school with like stacks of hundreds, just pass them out. That's a trip, bro. It was like, like paid in full, but on some real shit, you know, like. And uh, yeah, I, no it was comment. Cr- no, I swear, I <laughs> no, swear, I believe, dude. I believe you. Fucking, he's at the commons. We're eating dirty French fries and you know those pizzas, you know the pizza like rectangles that you get in high school. Was, yeah, dude, and straight up Hector would show <laughs> fucking so much. They're crazy. Him food. and Maki and them, but um, yeah. So he grew up with Maki, but DJ Psycho, uh, Chef David, and mm-hmm. Maki own and run. El Chingon. Nice. Everyone, everyone's elevating, man. That's dope. Dude, that food is ridiculous. I'm talking like, um, I'm talking like, it's their grandma's recipes. They used to be out in Lakewood, a little hole in the wall spot back in like 2011. And uh, I remember when he kind of stopped DJing and took that on full time. Oh, dude. And it was great, dude. Uh, green chili enchiladas. They're still on this menu. And I had them. Twelve years ago, <laughs> they're still just as good. Uh, but then they moved to Forty Fourth and Tennyson area, okay. And, and they just smashed it for years because I used to bartend and manage at El Camino on Thirty Second and Lowell, so I was in the neighborhood mm-hmm. type ish, and uh, we couldn't even get into El Chingo over there. So it, I mean, Dave would get me in, but um, then they moved it right there on that, uh, and the place is beautiful. Like, oh yeah, you gotta go check it out if you don't know. Yeah. That's where the food's at. Well, shit, man, we've wrapped for about an hour and a half, brother. I definitely appreciate you coming on. For sure. You know what I'm saying? You I love kinda, it. Any, you got any kind of like final thoughts, man? Any shout outs or anything like that? Because we're going to have you and your crew here next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A little more on the graffiti shit. Yeah. It was nice to um, kind of recap everything 
the different chapters of the there's different There's a lot of chapters, st- and I'm sure there's shit we ain't even covered because I was kind of, you know, catching shit from you. Like you said, Chris Kearns. I'm like, that's Vajra. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking, yeah. You told me the other day about this, and then I'm like, damn. And you know what I mean? Even there's <laughs> other people. You know what I mean? We could go for days. Yeah, you know, like, and it's just tight. I'm, I'm just so thankful to be such a, a woven part of hip-hop history in Denver. For sure. Bro. Whether I'm not the most... Uh, shiniest or the most whatever um what's there and i'm still here oh, for and sure. i'm from the people for the people and it's like uh it's just such a all about the people you know and it's about denver too you know like my my we got to figure it out bro to get this place to pop like it's been yeah. a mystery for the last 20 30 years you know and like i've been talking about it with pulp how we feel like besides how People roast chilies on on the on the side of Federal Boulevard. Yeah, Denver doesn't really have a culture. That's unique to Denver. You don't see that even in New Mexico. So, you know, we we were talking about how do we create a culture out here again? Because it's it's about culture. Shit, you ain't gonna do that with these youngsters. That's gone. No, it's too late. It's the, it's like something like that. That's too late. Yeah. So it's like the Mayans. Like maybe when the aliens take over, they start I know. their shit. Well, that's whatever. what I said. Uh, the Mayans, right? And we're twelve years. They're just twelve years off. Mm-hmm. Next year's the, you know. Um, but I'm I'm really happy. Thank you so much for having me here. I, I, I feel definitely so, appreciate you coming on by, bro. You definitely let me in on a bunch of history too. I feel so enamored. You would even ask me to, you know, like. But that's why I, I just feel like, um, my story did have to be told. My connection into this whole community did have to be told because I am woven in from the be almost the beginning, but um, I'll be woven in till the end. Not for so, sure. You know, and it's um, I ca- I can't wait till Jinx and Accused because they kept with painting, and they're just smashing it. Like I said, they're KD and Dash. You know, um, kept going with Bedtime Monsters, so they've been traveling around um, because Dash met a bunch of kids who wanted to start their own group. And they wanted to be GWT, and Dash was like, no, we have too much history. Mm-hmm. We have too many enemies. You know, like, uh, um, we could go into that another time. Yeah. Um, and he goes, I want you guys to be the, in the control. And Dash goes, me, Lalo, and Cosmo will be in your guys' crew. And um, they were... Um, something monsters but they came up with bedtime monsters okay you know where the cat's under the bed it's creepy scaring you nice. while you sleep you can't sleep because we're under the bed you know <laughs> gonna um, get you but i can't wait because 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 they're an active b-boy crew and jet jinx and accused are an active graffiti crew mm-hmm. and i'm just like the oldest one hey. besides scream scream's my og Gotta get him on the podcast, bro. Yeah, actually, I'll call him. Yeah, because he's yeah. a um, screams the biggest part of why I fell in love with hip hop because he pulled me under his wing. He really did, you know. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to. No, I'm some darky kid from wherever, you know, like you know, and he was just like, "Oh, dude, you're cool, bro." Like, gotcha. He was like, "Yeah." And so, like, straight up, Scream is, Scream is my OG all day. That's what I needed to say. Shout out. Yeah. Um, my four crew members, it was Cosmo, Merc, Shame, and Curse. Curse passed away. 
us four started OAK, and that's who's going to be with us next week is Dash and. Um, they're the second generation of the crew, but they're the ones. Yeah, like, sounds so I good. can't wait. But thanks so much for having me, man. I can't believe we recapped so much Denver history, and there's so much more Denver history. Yeah. You're right. We'll you definitely know? talk about more, man. You know. Well, I go on because I, I have to go on with my history with like Jer and um, um, Omni. You know, like, <laughs> see, there's more. You know, so. Soul. Like I know Soul. Yeah. You know, and like I've been Jer- trying to get him on the podcast, bro, dude. Yeah, I know. Omni. I know. I know everybody, I'm bro. I'm sending the link to this, and you're gonna yeah. listen. We gotta get you. I pulled on up here. on Jinx and uh, Accused and Omni and then Peyton and Rhino, and they did this like frog conveyor belt thing. And I pulled up, and they go, "Hey, do you know do you know Omni?" And I was like, "Oh, we both just lost it." Like, yeah, dude. It's like I know Soul, Shoop. Um, I don't know Tuke. I know we know who each other are, and I don't know Emit. Mm-hmm. We know who each other are, but um, I don't know those guys. No, shout out to all those cats, man. Yeah, those, those guys, dude. I've been a Tuke fan since I was fucking for the last twenty years, bro. Oh, yeah. He's still my favorite. I ain't gonna lie, Tuke's my favorite. Uh, oh shit! Don't tell nobody I said that. Get pissed, bro. Pulp's gonna be pissed. Pulp's gonna be pissed. Don't tell Pulp. Oh, he's gonna hear it. It's all good. Just shout him out. <laughs> yeah, Pulp. My shout family. Out. Yeah, Pulp. Uh, take a bullet for you, center mass, bro. None of this in my arm shit. I love Pulp. Family, dude. My brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, nice. Hilarious, bro. He's hilarious, bro. I love Nicer. Um, I was with Pulp. He was painting at AC's new dispensary. Um, Hell, yeah. It's good to see... Everyone out bombing, but it's just great to be a part of a podcast, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Not for sure, man. Definitely appreciate you. We'll definitely do a part two because, man, I'm sure there's much more we could talk about. Yeah. Well, shit, there you have it. It's your boy Cosmo, <laughs> your boy Joe Thunder. Yes, Smoke sir. Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. Catch us on all platforms. Dropping yeah. weekly, multiple Everybody podcast every week. Everybody stay ready because you don't got to get ready if you yeah. stay ready. Stay ready. <laughs> All right, we out of here. All right. Peace, Peace. out, y'all. 303.